Welcome to the Female CEO Show. I'm your host, Courtney Quinn. I'm a corporate dropout turned serial entrepreneur with a passion for helping female business owners step into your power and reach your full potential in business and in life. I'm on a mission to empower more women to become their own boss while teaching them how to do it in a healthy, scalable way that supports your dream life so that you're running a business and not owning a business that runs you. Whether you're a seasoned entrepreneur or you're still toying with the idea of diving into your own business, you're in the right place if you're looking for tools to support you as you are navigating the world of entrepreneurship as a woman, because I'm going to get real with you on how to do so. Let's dive in to today's episode. Besties, welcome to today's episode of the Female CEO Show podcast. Today, I am joined by Ariana Caparelli. She is the founder of Do Wellness, a woman-owned wellness brand based out of Los Angeles with a mission to help normalize mental health conversations and change the way we manage stress with all-natural kava-based supplements. Ariana struggled with her own anxiety for years and learned how to manage it naturally with kava and has since started Do Wellness to help others do the same. Today, we're going to talk all about launching a product-based business, managing anxiety and stress as an entrepreneur, and also how Ariana juggles running her own business while also juggling a work from home nine to five in corporate. I am so excited to dive into all of this with her today. Ariana, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, I cannot wait to dive into all of this. So let's let's just get into it. Tell us about let's you. Tell us about your journey, your story. Tell us everything. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Well, I like to joke that I came out of the womb with anxiety and I pretty much did. I mean, I since, you know, I was a little little kid, I used to have anxiety attacks and panic attacks all the time um to the point where I was actually expelled from school in the second grade because I had so much anxiety, I would freak out and I would run away from school and I'd go home and Gosh. they like deemed me this whole like behaviorally challenged kid and whatever it whatever it was. Um so I've struggled since I was really really little all the way through high school and then college and then post college in my career. So yeah, it got pretty bad when I was working in corporate America. So I guess to give you a little bit more background um, career-wise, I started out in retail sales, worked my way up into the corporate side of fashion, um, and then kind of switched industries and got into the tech industry corporate-wise, working in sales. And so I'm sure you might be familiar with the whole reputation with working for tech, that it's a bunch of you know young people. It's very kind of like frat culture-like, right? So I'm working for this company, and I was there for you know, almost five years. And the the culture there was kind of toxic in the sense of like, especially being in sales, um, you know, everyone was going to work and popping Adderall and then going, you know, home from work and drinking wine. It was just kind of like that whole culture. Um, everyone was right out of college. It's just very young kind of party scene within my corporate job, which is actually kind of weird to think about. But um it ended up really, really making my anxiety so bad to the point where I just had this breaking point and I realized that my lifestyle and what I was doing clearly wasn't working for me. And I was almost in this vicious cycle, right? Of like, you wake up and you take Adderall to go to work and then you have this imposter syndrome and you feel like, you know, you're not performing at your job and then you go home and you're drinking wine to just come down from the Adderall. And it was just this horrible like cycle. And it kind of hit me like a ton of bricks. Like I have to 
change what I'm doing and not just like slap a Band-Aid on the problem, like drinking booze, taking Xanax, Adderall, all that stuff, right? So that's how I found myself using kava. <laughs> and kava is like my little magical plant. Um, I I have tried everything like natural for anxiety and like nothing really mm-hmm. worked for me um, until I found kava. And I just started using it in all the same situations that I would maybe like have a glass of wine or whatever it was. Um, and I loved it so much that I just decided to create a business about it and to make my own product. And um, to really help other people that also have anxiety and are maybe kind of stuck in that same rut of not really knowing, you know, how to handle it, but they don't want to be on prescription medication. Maybe it's not, you know, that bad. It's more social anxiety, work anxiety type of stuff. Um, yeah. And so I, I created this business really to help empower other people to know that there are natural alternatives and um, there's healthier ways to manage it. And, you know, just with my own personal experience and transformation with my own anxiety, Kava is like my savior. <laughs> I'm such a champion for it. So that's my my little background in one long-winded answer. <laughs> I love that. No, your story about kind of your cor- corporate culture and like dealing with that anxiety really, mm-hmm. really resonated with me. I was in corporate before this as well. And like the culture was so toxic. I had never really suffered from anxiety too much. That's that's not entirely true. In college, I was like wound very, very tightly. But like, then I started having like actual anxiety attacks, like actual panic attacks in corporate mm-hmm. because of like, the culture and how hard we were working and how toxic it was just like I had never experienced anything like that in my life and I only lasted a year in corporate like I became this like shell of a human being like I didn't recognize myself and I was having panic attacks like once or twice weekly and like I had never Mm -hmm. experienced anything like that before but I had not yet really ventured into like CBD or kava Mm -hmm. or like anything Mm -hmm. to try like Mm -hmm. natural to try and help me I was just like suffering through it and so I love that you have you found something that really works for you so are you tell us a little bit like are you still in corporate are you still with that same company have you switched like what has the transition looked like to kind of make that a more healthy environment for you Yes, absolutely. So no, I'm not with that company anymore. Thank you. (laughs) Not anymore. Um, (laughs) I ended up, um, no, I ended up getting a job at a different company that um, was much better in the sense, and this is like right when the pandemic had happened. So so like literally this is all pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. I'm working in the office. Of course, like, you know, that was a clusterfuck. But then the pandemic happened. It kind of like helped because then you're remote. You're kind of away from all of that. But I knew that I couldn't work for that company anymore. And so um, I ended up finding a different company that, again, was fully remote. And I was working for that company while I then started the whole like product development and really decided like, okay, hey, I'm going to go and actually create a product. I'm going to create a business and a brand and do all of it. So I'm very, and I don't work for that company anymore, but I'm very, very grateful for that company because it just allowed me the time being remote. It allowed me the flexibility. I mean, my manager was just absolutely amazing. Um, 
you know, and of course the funds <laughs> to fund a business and to create one. So, um, yeah. yeah. And then actually funny story is, so I was working for that company and then two weeks before I launched my, my business, they actually did like a mass layoff, like all these tech layoffs that you're hearing about. Well, that was the company I worked for yeah. was one of those companies. Um, so that kind of was a blessing in disguise where I got let go two weeks before the launch. I then all of a sudden had literally all of the time to focus on really building this brand from launch day up. Um, and I did that for, I think, three or four months, just kind of taking the time to really focus on the launch. And then once things kind of steadied out, I decided to get another corporate job because, again, this is just my baby. I'm bootstrapping it. We're so, 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 so new. So now this job, again, is work from home. It's remote. They are amazing. They know about my brand and my business and what I'm doing. And so it really helps, again, to just kind of continue to fund things with product development and marketing and just everything that you need for building a brand. I love that. I love how you found like kind of that perfect little like synergy between like right. working from home corporate <laughs> and building your own brand. So you mentioned like you discovered Kava and you're like, oh my gosh, I love this so much. Like I want to build a business right. around this. Mm -hmm. Walk us through what that was like. Like what was going through your mind when you were like, no, like I want to have my own brand. Okay. So, okay. So I realized like the power of Kava, right? That it actually worked. It gave me the relief that I needed. So I became obsessed with trying like all the different products on the market. And I would buy like all these of it Kava tinctures or the actual like Kava powder that you would mix and like make a tea that was more like the traditional way of consuming it. Um, and I just became obsessed with trying all the different products. And then with that is when I kind of discovered that, hey, there really isn't any products out there that are actually something that doesn't taste like ass, like literally they all tasted horrible. Um, or the ones that didn't taste horrible were just mixed with the wrong ingredients where then it wasn't as strong as you needed it to be. It just wasn't as effective. So that's where I kind of figured out, I, I know that this is going to work, but there isn't a product that I could stand by and believe in. So I'm just going to create my own. Yeah. And that's when I was like, all right, um, Ariana, how do you think you're going to do that? <laughs> and I just started Googling pretty much like, um, I think it's that site called thomasnet.com. And you can go on that site and search for suppliers and manufacturers and find a whole like list basically. Um, of manufacturers. And so that's where I started is I knew that first things first, I don't even know what the company name would be. I don't even know how I'm going to sell this. I'm not even thinking that far. The first thing I wanted to know was how to create the product and who could manufacture it for mm -hmm. me. So, um, yeah, I started researching. I had like a, a, a small list of manufacturers within the U.S. that said that they manufactured kava. The more that I started to talk to them, the more I realized like maybe they didn't or it was just too expensive and they weren't good for, you know, smaller startups, which I just needed a small sample size, right, to start with. So it took some time um, to find one. Eventually, the right manufacturer just kind of like fell into my lap 
I honestly think I was on page like 10 of Google (laughs) just trying to find somebody and they came up Um, and they actually specialize in CBD, but they're based in New York City. They were super amazing, like flexible with me on everything. Um, They were already connected with the number one kava supplier in the US and they were just like, hey, whatever you need, whatever you want to create, like we'll create it for you. We can sample everything out. We'll make sure it's perfect for you. I'm like, amazing. So that's where I started and I gave him a deposit and we just started with the whole formulation process. And because of my obsession with cover products beforehand, I kind of had an idea of, you know, what ingredients I wanted to use in the tincture, um, how I wanted to taste all of those things. Right. So I gave them a pretty good idea and their, their chemists were amazing. I think they like nailed it by the third round of samples is like this is perfect so so yeah that was kind of the next step going into sampling which is super exciting because then they're sending you all these samples to try and you're just you know working with their chemists and it was so fun um and then once that was kind of solidified and I knew that I had a product that I could bring to market that's when I was like well, shit, what am I going to name it? And what, what's my company name going to be? And all of those other logistics. So that's when I ended up finding um, a branding agency that was kind of like a one-stop shop in the sense of like, they helped me with my brand name. They helped me with the product name. They helped me with building out the website. They helped with, you know, the the logo design and the colors behind the brand everything. And I was like, if we're going to do it, let's just go big. And that took nine months of working with them and really just building everything out and creating everything. Um, yeah, everything from just like the, the voice, like the brand voice identity and what that's going to sound like. And that was so fun. That was like my, my most like favorite memory of doing all of this is just working with them and really seeing your idea come to life was so amazing. And Yeah, we did that for nine months, and then we launched September 28th of 2022, so just like seven months ago. Oh, wow. Yes. Wow. What a process. But honestly, you make that sound so easy. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think it was... I think it was just meant to be, because honestly, I say it's like, once I found my manufacturing company, everything just kind of like snowballed, but in a good way. It's like everything just like worked out. And then if I didn't maybe have, you know, someone for something, like for example, something I didn't, didn't even think about is for the website. Well, you need somebody to write the copy for your website. I didn't even think of that. Mm. So I didn't, I didn't have a copywriter, but thankfully the person who was building my website was like, here you go. Like, here's a, here's a referral for you. And so everything just kind of literally fell together and just rolled like smoothly. And that's why I'm like, it was just meant to be honestly, everything, everything flowed. I love that. It is really like, this is exactly what you are meant to be doing and everything just kind of like (laughs) backed you up to bring it to life. Tell us a little bit about what the, like building the brand was like, like figuring out what you wanted your brand voice to be and like what that visual identity was going to become. Like walk Mm -hmm. us through that process and what that was like working with that agency. Yeah. Okay. So I feel like you know, because of my own experience with anxiety, my transformation, that I kind of am my own 
ideal customer. Like I understand the pain points, the struggles Mm -hmm. and the desires of what you're trying to feel. Right. So I really, I really felt very deeply connected to what I wanted the brand to be. So when it came to like, you know, the voice behind the brand, I wanted it to almost be similar to my voice. I wanted it to be kind of like sassy and sarcastic and you can just make jokes and being also lighthearted because anxiety and mental health, those are kind of hard things to talk about. But I wanted to not Mm -hmm. feel so heavy and so burdensome. So we really wanted the voice to be kind of lighthearted and joyful, but still having that humor, you know, within it. So that was kind of the vision behind, behind that. And then, um, the logo, the colors, the whole visual identity of the brand. That was so amazing. I had such an amazing team and they pretty much presented me with three different concepts. And I can't remember all of them. I can remember two of them. And one of them was called like simple modern. So it would have been very like simple modern font. The colors would have had a modern feel to it. And we would have just gone that route with the brand. And then the one, which is what I chose was retro fresh. So very like fresh colors and kind of that like retro feel ish that you can kind of get in the font. You can see in the logo. Um, And so that was fun. They just presented me a few different concepts, like which way do you want to go? And each of them were very unique. And I, I don't feel like there was another brand already existing that looked like any of those concepts. So they were awesome at that. But mm-hmm. once I once I chose Retrofresh, I was like, let's go. <laughs> we're going to do this one. Um, and then we just kind of followed that theme. And then they were building out the, the logo, putting together the mood board for the colors. Um, and then for the, the actual product itself, then, you know, building out the label. And they would, again, show me different concepts for, like, what I wanted the label to look like, but still following that retro fresh kind of feel, which I love. I just think the name is so cute, retro fresh. And I think the the label of my product, if if you've seen it, is just so different. It's not like anything that I've seen before. And it's it's it doesn't feel clinical. And like that's what I really wanted. I wanted something that yeah. you could just throw in your purse and like you're going out on a date and maybe you, you know, take it out and put it in your sparkling water or you're at work, right? And you can put it on your desk and it's just like a cute product. It doesn't look like something clinical or medicinal. I love that. I love your branding. I think it's so fun and fresh and like just young and like vibey. I love that you say like yes. it's not clinical. Like it just yeah. feels like something you could leave out on your desk or like, mm-hmm. oh, like let me just pull this out of my purse. Like no big deal. Like right. it's super cute. So mm-hmm. I love that. And the retro, <laughs> retro fresh is so cute. Um, I I love the branding. You guys nailed Thank that. You. You mentioned you're like, you're still kind of bootstrapping this. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit more about that for, you know, the listener who is like, I want to start a business or I'm like really interested in product development or like building a product-based right. business, but it's expensive. Like mm-hmm. I want to keep costs low. Tell us a little mm-hmm. bit about some of the stuff that you're doing to keep those costs low inside of your business. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for my business specifically, because it's an online social media based business, I mean, social media is like the number one pretty much thing that, um, you know, where we're marketing our, our, our brand and our product. Okay. So at first we had outsourced that and we had a social media manager and she was amazing and just helping us like really get started and posting. 
But I've sort of taken on that role myself. That's something that I would suggest is just those costs that maybe are are wants versus needs, right? Like you might want a social media manager, but you don't need one. And if you put in just a little bit of that time to just kind of learn the basics around like how to build a strategy for social media. I mean, you can go on TikTok and watch a few TikToks and there's people telling you like what, you know, what you can do. And so, um, yeah, things like that. Social media, you can do on your own. I would say looking back now, I did you know, have someone write the the copy for the website, write the copy for my email marketing, all of that stuff. I probably could have done that if I really wanted to. Um, you know, I, I spent so much money on the website. You don't have to do that. You can go on Shopify. You can go on Wix.com or what is it, Squarespace, and you can use a template and you can make your own website. And there's ways that you can really just get like nifty with what you're doing and you don't have to spend thousands of dollars on it. For me, I think it's just my personality. I'm just like, go big. <laughs> but you don't you don't have to. So you can definitely, you know, find ways that, to cut those costs because, yeah, in all reality, if say you you want to create or, you know, start a product-based business, you can create your website for free and you don't need super professional marketing copy. You don't need a lot of copy at all, really, if you don't want to. And then, you know, create your social accounts and just start posting. And you just use social media, TikTok, Instagram, Pinterest, all of those things to promote it organically. And then once the money comes in, you're making some orders, that's when then maybe you can start to outsource some of those things. But if you really have the passion and the desire and the will to want to start your own business, you can absolutely do it without needing to spend tons of money. Oh, that is such great advice. And I love how you just completely broke down like so many barriers people probably (laughs) have in their minds about like why they can't start a product-based business or why they can't start a business in general. It's like, no, you Mm -hmm. can do it. And I really respect your like savviness and resourcefulness. Like when you decided that you wanted to do this, you're like, I just got on Google and I started finding manufacturers. Like I I got on TikTok (laughs) and I learned how to build a social strategy. Your Mm -hmm. Instagram is absolutely beautiful and aesthetic too. So mad props (laughs) on the design skills and the social media skills that you have picked up. But I love that. Like you can can do it all. And I I love how you kind of simplified that. It's like, Mm -hmm. and you really break it down like on a day-to-day basis. Like these are things that you, you can be doing. Um, but speaking of Mm -hmm. that, so let's kind of talk a little bit about how you, how you balance running your own business and still working your nine to five and kind of like, maybe give us Mm -hmm. some insight on like what an average day looks like for you. Yes, absolutely. And I will preface this by saying I'm not perfect. And there's definitely days where I'm like, you know, a little overwhelmed with it, but I would say that I, this is going to sound super basic and like cliche, but like scheduling out my day and like almost time blocking. Like I just know that, for example, if I'm going to walk you through a day in my life, I'm going to wake up in the morning. I'm going to get up early around 530 or six because then I know I have enough time to sit and have my coffee, do whatever I need to do to wake up. Then the first thing I always do is I get movement in. It doesn't have to be like a super intense workout. It could just be a walk around the block around the neighborhood to get outside, something to move my body for myself and like my mind to feel good. And then I typically will sit down. I'll sit down around like 930 to 10 o'clock in the morning. And that's when I'll focus on the the nine to five, the corporate job. So I'll do that for maybe like 
you know, nine or 10 until noon. And then those lunch hours for all, for all you girlies out there that are juggling a corporate job and in a business, use your lunch hour. That's your time to take a break and you can, you know, do whatever you need to do for the business. I do that. So that's my little do hours, I say. Um, and then starting from like 2 PM to 5 PM, I'll do the corporate job again and just kind of tie up some loose ends, do my meetings, whatever needs to get done. And then just having that boundary of, okay, 5 p.m. hits, no more corporate life, maybe take a break, make yourself some dinner. And then I have another creative hour from maybe 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. where, for example, I'll go on Canva and create like social media graphics and carousels and things like that and just kind of get things in the pipeline or what to post. So you just have to, to break it down by hour and just know that you have specific windows of time that you're going to do certain things. So for me, it's always wellness in the morning, corporate job, my business, corporate job, and then end again with my business. <laughs> I love that. I think having that structure is so important. And, you know, you have those like you have your blocks and then kind of whatever mm -hmm. happens in there is what happens and you get get it done. But I think that's so helpful, especially when you feel like you're so overwhelmed or like there are a million pieces moving in your personal mm -hmm. life, in your corporate job, in your business. And it's like, I can't focus on that right now because like I'm doing, right. I'm doing the nine to five and totally. once it's noon, then I can focus on that. But like for now, let's block that out. And mm -hmm. you said like a time blocking, like it sounds cliche, but <laughs> I seriously, like that is a common thread that I mm -hmm. hear from so many successful women is that that is what they are doing. And so I think at this point, if you're listening and you're not time blocking out your days, like it's time, <laughs> it is time because I have heard that time and time again. And I really do think it is like the secret sauce a little bit to like keep everything mm -hmm. organized because I used to be the queen of like starting 10 things and not finishing any of them because I kept like getting pulled in different directions. And mm -hmm. that really just kind of like grounds you in. But it does. we would be absolute best friends because your morning routine is like my morning routine. Like I am so yeah. passionate about like as business owners, we have to wake up early, like get up mm -hmm. early, start your day. So you have time for yourself. And so you can be mm -hmm. ahead of the curve. And so you're not like constantly behind totally. the ball and like chasing all day long. That has been the mm -hmm. biggest game changer. And then moving my body in the morning because then I feel good the rest right. of the day. And then exactly. I'll like make better choices about what I'm eating. <laughs> like these little things really do compound. And I don't know about you, but for me, I was not a morning girl ever at all. Same. I still wouldn't even mm -hmm. necessarily like consider myself to be a morning person, but I love like don't, don't really talk to me when I wake up, but like, I love getting up early and like starting my day early. Right. And so if you're listening and you're like, yeah, sounds great, but like, no, I'm not a morning girl. It's okay. Neither am I, but it will, it will help so much. It's such a game changer. It, it is. And start slow. If you're not a morning person you want to be, just start by maybe setting your alarm 30 minutes earlier, you know, the first week and then the second week, another 30 minutes earlier and like slowly work your way back. But I mean, to your point, yes. no, I was not always a morning person at all. When pre-pandemic and I was going into the office for work, I was known as the girl that like needed to be, you know, at work in her seat by 8 a.m. But I would show up at 8.15 like every morning. Like I was always consistently late because I just could not get up in the morning. So honestly, that didn't change until the pandemic had happened. And my corporate job was actually based in Connecticut 
it on East Coast time, but I came back to California to work from home during the pandemic. And so I was working oh. East Coast hours on Pacific time. So I had to literally be oh, no. up and on a Zoom every morning with my manager at 6 a.m. And so because of that, it literally forced me. I had to. I set my alarm for 5.50. I gave myself 10 minutes to just get up, get dressed, and like get on a Zoom with my boss every morning. And that's kind of just like how the, the habit came to be. And then I realized how much time you have in the morning. And the morning then is the only time really in my day that I can control, right? Because like even talking about time blocking, sometimes what you schedule out is going to change and things are going to happen and like chaos might happen, right? But like the morning time is really the Mm -hmm. only time that that you can control. And so wellness being like the most important thing really for like your mental health and just like keeping yourself sane. That's why to me being a morning person, just getting that done right right away first thing in the morning is something that I'll just forever do. (laughs) Yes, yes, preach it. That's so true. That is so true. I love that. So you kind of mentioned like you have like a full day, like your schedule Mm -hmm. is full. Like you're kind of working your two businesses, like your two jobs until Mm -hmm. like around 9 PM and you have an early Mm -hmm. morning. So what are you doing in your, in your days, in your life to help like prevent burnout, like in really making sure that you're taking time for yourself? Yes. Um, I think the reason why my days are so like packed is because I try to stay true to a Monday through Friday thing. And so I really like to take my weekends to just honor rest and like giving myself grace. If I want to spend a Saturday just sitting on the couch all day long, then so be it because I know that I'm going to need that rest. So then I can get back to it on Monday. And it's just kind of a way for me to have that separation, that break, take that space and really recharge before jumping back in. Because, you know, some people that juggle nine to five while also trying to build their own, their own business are working Sunday through Sunday. They're working seven days a week. And that's really where you can kind of mm-hmm. hit that burnout. So um, yeah, I just, I always try to prioritize rest and using the weekends to myself. And if that means going on, you know, a really long walk by the beach, because I'm so grateful to live, you know, right next to the beach, doing stuff like that is what's going to fill my cup. And I'm also just an introvert, I think. So just being alone and like having that time to myself is really what keeps me grounded and helps me to prevent burnout. Oh, I love that. I am the biggest believer in that, like we fill the time that we give ourselves to with work especially Mm -hmm. as business owners. Like if I'm like, oh, like I have until 8 p.m., it'll take me until 8 p.m. But if I'm like, oh, I I have to have this done by one, like it's done by one. It's incredible Mm -hmm. how that happens. And it's so (laughs) easy for that work to spill over into the weekends. And then, yeah, Mm -hmm. just like you said, before you know it, you're working seven days a week, every Mm -hmm. single week. I am also a huge believer in unplugging on the weekends and not working if I don't have Mm -hmm. to and like really focusing on getting everything done. Um, so I don't have to work. And then like, if I do do any work on the weekends, it's only because I want to. There you go. Mm -hmm. But most of the time I don't (laughs) like that's my time. (laughs) Right, right, right. I'm, I'm always, I always think I'm like, Oh, maybe I'll do this if I want to. And then I'm like, no, I'd rather just sit and relax. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I feel you. I feel you. So yeah. Okay. So talking about like self-care relaxing, you mentioned your journey with anxiety, with stress, Mm -hmm. aside from kava or kind of paired with kava, like tell us a little bit Mm -hmm. about how you manage it on a day-to-day basis as you're working like a full-time corporate job and running your business. 
Totally. I think for me, the first thing and the most important thing is really just understanding what's going to trigger my anxiety and trying to eliminate that from like my day to day or from my lifestyle. So for example, alcohol is a huge thing that triggers my anxiety. You know, I think there's this misconception that, Mm. you know, people, people want to drink to help with social anxiety. They drink to help take the edge off. Alcohol doesn't manage anxiety. It fuels it. It makes it worse. It's why there's, you know, alcohol blues and you get anxiety the next day. And to me, that was a huge trigger. So I, you know, I'm not completely like sober, but I do minimize that um, drastically because before when I was working, you know, pre-pandemic, I was going through probably a bottle of wine a night thinking no big deal. You stop at the grocery store on the way home, crack open a bottle, you watch Netflix, you know, for a few hours and you go to bed. All of a sudden you went through a bottle of wine and my anxiety was skyrocketed at those times. So just knowing that that's what's going to make my anxiety worse. Also my diet, right? All of those Mm -hmm. basic things. I'm a fast food lover, but I know that if I have fast food, it's probably going to make me feel like crap the next day and like mess with my mental health. So little things like that. Um, Trying to eat very clean. Again, moving my body is like huge. I think anxiety tends to be a lot of pent up energy and just kind of like nervousness and like worry and like chaos in my mind and going for walks are very meditative. They're very like relaxing to me and that helps tremendously. And then simple things like taking a bath. Like I love taking a bath and just kind of unwinding and using essential oils and kind of giving myself a rule where I won't bring the phone into the bathtub and just kind of sit, you know, and let yourself kind of reset. So that's how I would say I manage it on on a day-to-day. Cool. Great advice. And I love how like simple and tangible those things are. Like that's things that everybody can do like today. Like there's Mm -hmm. nothing you have to go buy. There's not stuff you have to plan (laughs) for. Like that's just easy things. And I appreciate it so much because a lot of it is self-awareness. And instead of doing those things to like numb yourself, like with alcohol or with fast food or to get that like quick dopamine hit to make you feel better. It's like, uh, Mm -hmm. if I think this through, like I'm not going (laughs) to feel good tomorrow if right. I do this or like, these are the consequences. And I think mm-hmm. being self-aware like that is huge. And like you said, like mm-hmm. with nutrition, like I know that if I eat gluten now, I'm not going to feel so awesome. And I might mm-hmm. get a little brain foggy or I might like feel a little bloated yeah. and like not feel like my best self. Right. I didn't know that before. And it took like <laughs> being very intentional and like mm-hmm. cutting it out for a minute and then reintroducing it to be like, oh, shoot. Like I was just mm-hmm. eating bread all the freaking time and was wondering yeah. why I had such bad brain fog and why I was <laughs> bloated all the time. And like doing yeah. those little things to figure out like what your triggers are and then what you can do mm-hmm. to like make yourself feel better is so powerful. And mm-hmm. like, will I still eat gluten? Yes. But I mm-hmm. do it knowing like, okay. I might not feel great tomorrow. Like, is this the best decision to make right now for me? Like, what does my day look like tomorrow? And those little things. Oh, I love that. There's so much power in that. And just being (laughs) self-aware about like your own mind and your body and like what really like serves you and fuels you. Wonderful advice. And it's going to be different for everybody, you know, and it it is that self-awareness and just really, really getting to know yourself and what those triggers are for you. And then, like you said, it doesn't mean you have to cut out gluten or cut out whatever your trigger is forever. I always use the example of saying like, you know, 
I always use the example of like, if you say, oh, I'm never going to go to McDonald's, I'm never going to have French fries for the rest of my life. That's probably not realistic. At some point in your life, you're probably going to eat McDonald's or at some point in your life, you're probably going to have French fries, right? And like, that's okay. And you can give yourself grace. So for me, if it's alcohol as an example, I, I may, you know, at Thanksgiving have a couple glasses of wine or if it's a birthday, something like that, where I'm going to give myself grace mm-hmm. that I know I might have some anxiety the next day, but it'll go away, but it's okay. Just really knowing yourself and giving yourself grace in those moments moments. Oh, I love that. Oh, I love that. It's so important. And then, yeah, like when you have, like, if you have that anxiety the next day, you're like, Hey, it's okay. Like this isn't forever. I kind of like, I know what this is stemming from. Right. So tomorrow it'll be different instead of getting in that like spiral of like, this is never going to end. Mm-hmm. Oh, And I think as, <laughs> As women and as business owners, like giving ourselves grace is one of the most powerful things that we can do because we are our own worst critics, our own worst enemies. Like we can be so like awful to ourselves and so hard on ourselves, like in our own mind. And especially when there's the pressure of building a business and things like that going on, like actually just giving yourself the grace. Like it is, everything will be okay. And I think that is so powerful when you're, when you're able to kind of come to that realization of like, no, like it's okay. We'll, we'll move on Mm -hmm. and we'll be fine. Oh, I love. Yes. Yeah. Cause we're not going to have perfect days every day. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And like social media just really plays into that too. And especially like as business owners, the stuff that we see is so like glamorized. And I feel like entrepreneurship, business ownership has really been made to be like very glamorous on social media nowadays. (laughs) And like, if you're in the thick of it, like, you know, it's not like the days when I just like, don't even get out of my sweats or like my PJs because I'm just like cramming through some stuff on the couch. Like I'm not out there with my hair all blown out in a blazer. Like, (laughs) (laughs) that's just not how it is I love that (laughs) yeah and then when you like you get on social media and then especially if you work from social media or you have a business that's on social media you're like you have to you're on there you have to be on there whether you want to be or not Mm -hmm. um and then you're seeing that stuff and then you're just like like what am I doing wrong like am I a failure Like, why is this not like, why does my life not look like that? Why does my business not look like that? And it's so easy to get in that comparison trap, but you like, yeah, like I'll post a picture in a blazer every once in a while, but that is like me (laughs) 2% of the time. (laughs) And like knowing that uh, and taking everybody else's content with a grain of salt, I think helps with that so much too. Totally, totally. And I think, you know, I personally deleted my personal social media right before I, I decided to start a business because that because of that exact reason, like going on social media and just seeing everything was so glamorized. It just wasn't reality. And it did start to affect me and how I felt about mm-hmm. myself. So then when I started my business and I was like, okay, well, you know, social media is, you know, you have to be on it. So here we go. Let's try it again. Um, I still struggle with it to this day. And I think you just have to, you know, again, this is so like basic and cliche is like, you just don't compare your journey to other people's journeys or stop consuming so much and just focus more on creating and just using like yourself and like 
you know, your own like intuition of, of generating ideas of what feels right and authentic for you and then go and create that rather than going on social media and looking what, what everyone else is doing and then using that for ideas. It's like, just stay authentic to yourself. Try not to consume and just create. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. That is the best advice for social media and like being a business on social media is like, stop doom scrolling. Stop. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just stop scrolling. When I catch myself scrolling, it's like a mental redirect now. I'm like, mm, no, like Good. this isn't going to serve me. Um, mm -hmm. And then I love what you said about just creating more than you consume. Because when mm -hmm. you get in the thick of it, like of consuming so much, like you don't have your own creative ideas. Like everything is clouded. It feels harder. Mm -hmm. And then you're like second guessing yourself when you come up with something. And it's like, no, like mm -hmm. what's coming through is what needs to be shared. Like it is your right. business. You're the only mm -hmm. one who can really do it justice and like mm -hmm. truly speak in the brand voice. And it's just like, let that come through and mm -hmm. don't judge it, but it's coming through for a reason. I completely agree. I would love to hear from you a little bit about like what your experience has been like, kind of like building your community online mm -hmm. with your social media based business and like how that has been just promoting your business on social media. Yeah, it's, it's definitely not easy. I'll say, um, you know, and looking back on it now, it's like, I wish I would have started it so much sooner. We started Instagram, I want to say a month or two months before we launched it. And, you know, to touch mm -hmm. on the fact that I had mentioned before, I, I didn't have any personal Instagram. So I didn't have a personal following or anything like that. And so you're really stepping into this space as a brand that no one knows about with, you know, no community really. When you, when you start your Instagram, you have zero followers. So it was really, really hard. Um, and it still is, but I think just instead of focusing so much on wanting more and more and more followers and trying to grow, 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 focus on who is already following you and engage with them in a very authentic way. Not because you think you have to, but just because you genuinely care and are interested. You know, if people mm -hmm. comment on something, comment back. If they're DMing you, like take the time to genuinely respond to them and nurture that community, those, those followers that you already have. And that's just kind of the mindset that I tried to stay in. Instead of saying, oh, I need 10,000 followers. I need 100,000. I need so many more. What about the people that are already there, you know, and that are already there and they're following you and they're watching all your stuff? Like they want to be seen. They want to feel like they're within your community. So I think yeah. just focusing on on who's already following you. But, um, you know, I'm fortunate enough to live in the L.A. community. So I think there's also a lot of opportunities to get kind of in person, um, you know, whether it be like a wellness event cool. or a pop-up event or just like, yeah, like brand collabs, like little things like that. And so that has helped a lot too, is just kind of, you know, facing your fear and DMing another brand and being like, Hey, like I'm a new brand. I would really love to partner with you. Like you're within the same community. I think we'd have matching, you know, um, audiences with the same values and really taking advantage of that. So, you know, wherever you are, wherever you're located, there's a community right there in front of you in person in real life. And I would say definitely tapping into that because getting in front of people, I mean, 
there's customers I have today that are like some of my most loyal customers that I met at an event and just literally sat next to them, like two friends, just being totally vulnerable about what I've gone through and all my shit and why I started my business and how I believe in my product. And it started by her just being like, oh, I'll support you. I'll buy buy some of your product. And now she's like one of my diehard fans, like diehard customers. So, you know, it's just really tapping into your local community and that will also help your online community as well. Absolutely. Oh, I love that. Okay. So tell us more a little bit about like putting yourself out there in real life, in person. I feel like a lot of us disconnected from that because of the pandemic. And now it's very easy. Like if you have a social media based business to like just hang out on social media and not leave your house. So tell us more about like what you have gone through, like putting yourself out there in real life. (laughs) It's yeah, it's definitely nerve wracking. Um, You know, for me, it started with pop-up markets, like little makers markets that were local here within LA Mm -hmm. and Orange County. And my very first one, I was so nervous. You know, I had to have my whole like table set up and everyone came to like shop and I'm sitting there like rehearsing, like, how am I going to talk? How am I going to say what's my little elevator pitch of just like what my brand is and whatever it was. And it's, it's very nerve wracking, but you know, it's just connecting with other people. Like we're all the same at the end of the day. We all have our own struggles. We all have our own shit. No one's better than the other person. So just getting comfortable with the uncomfortability, I guess, of putting yourself out there and being vulnerable, it will definitely pay off in the end. Um, So I started with those pop-up events and those pop-up markets and it was really good practice. Then I started, you know, just DMing other brands that were local that maybe they were hosting, for example, like a wellness event. They were doing like a yoga wellness event on a Saturday. Mm. And I was like, hey, I want to be involved. I can show up. I can sponsor, you know, the event and gift product to your guests. And then I can talk about it and meet them and just kind of be there and get involved. And sometimes you just have to do that. It's like grassroots marketing, you know, or um, literally walking into my local coffee shops because my product pairs perfectly with coffee and just being like, I'm local. I live right here down the street. I am, you know, a female founder, just like, you know, the woman who owns this coffee shop. I'm like, I just want to get my product in your store. Can I put a few on your shelf? And she's like, absolutely. Let, let's do it. You know, so it's uncomfortable for sure, but you just have to get comfortable with the uncomfortability of doing it because it's, it's your business. It's your brand. These are just the things you got to do. Ooh, yes. And then I feel like once you do it one time, you kind of realize like, okay, I lived like, um, it's not going to kill me to do this. And it gets like, (laughs) hopefully a little bit easier each time that you do it. it. But okay. (laughs) So you're out there like shooting your shot. I love that. I respect the hell out of that. (laughs) What, like, what are you kind of like talking to yourself? Like as you're, so like you're walking into this coffee shop, you're like, I, I want to like put my products on their shelf. Like I want to pitch myself to them. Like what's Mm -hmm. kind of going through your mind? Like what are you telling yourself as you're kind of preparing to go do that and like shoot your shot? Honestly, I'm just thinking of like the first time I did this. I was so nervous. I think I just blacked out. But um, (laughs) I don't know. I just tell myself like what's the worst that's going to happen? They're going to say no, you know? And like I made sure I was prepared. So for example, the very, very first time that I ever, ever did this, it was actually at a yoga studio and I still go to yoga there. 
And I thought, how perfect. I'm going to you know, introduce myself to them and just say, I'm again, local within the community. I have this product. I just launched it and it's perfect before a yoga class, but I put together a cute little goodie bag. So I knew I had something in my hand. I kind of help with the nerves. Like I had a goodie bag. I was going to gift them and like a handwritten card that kind of explained, you know, the mission behind what we're doing. It was a little bit more about the business because I figured that way, if I choke, if I walk in there and I totally choke and just like don't know what to say, at least I can gift them the product with a nice card (laughs) that they can just read on their own time. But um, I find that like the more you think about it, the more you overthink about it and then you're the more like nervous you'll be. Mm. So it's like, just kind of be confident and just go in there, introduce yourself. And it doesn't need to be so serious. It could just be something as simple as maybe you just want to introduce yourself and give them the product to try and then go back in a couple of weeks and ask them what they thought. You know, it's, it's, it doesn't have to be the same way every time. Just, just do whatever feels natural and feels, feels right. Um, and it does get easier mm-hmm. the more that you do it. <laughs> Yes. Oh, I love that. I feel like that is such like a boss bitch move to just be like, (laughs) hello, like go up to someone in person. I feel like, and just because like, we know like how stressful that can be and like scary that can be like if someone came up to me and like shot their shot, like promoting their Mm -hmm. business, I'd be like, yes, good for (laughs) you. Like you have balls, like let's go. Absolutely. (laughs) So for the more like the like technical side of this for someone who's like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. So like, uh, okay, like maybe I should go out in person. Like I've worked up a little bit of nerve. Like what mm-hmm. is the ask for you? I guess like is the goal for them to then like carry your product in their store and sell it or like collaboration opportunities? Like what's kind of the end goal in mind for you? Like when you walk into a place and want to do that? Yeah, so um, both because it, it differs on what kind of place it is or what event it is. If I'm walking into a coffee okay. shop, my end goal, like the ask, is really I want to sell my product in your store. <laughs> so you know, I of okay, course yeah. don't lead. I don't lead with that. So I kind of start with like, hey. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, introduce myself, whatever, I'll gift it to them to have them sample it and like tell them a little bit about it. And then either they love it on the spot. And I'm like, okay, great. Why don't we just trial something? I'll leave three bottles here on your shelf. If they sell, then we can talk about maybe like a wholesale, you know, partnership, something like that. So you're kind of almost doing it like on consignment where you're like, Hey, no risk to you. You don't have to worry about buying my product right now. I believe in it so much that I'll just give you, you know, X amount to sit on your shelves. And, you know, once it sells, then we can discuss like pricing and a partnership moving forward. Um, and that's how I would do it for local like cafes, coffee shops, boutique shops like that. Um, if I'm doing like a wellness event, maybe, and I'm like reaching out to them and I'm saying, Hey, like I'm a new brand and I want to partner with you. I like my end ask with that is really, um, I I'm only reaching out to other brands that I know have the right audience, like people that are wellness focused, you know, maybe they Mm -hmm. are overstressed, overworked, overwhelmed, they would really benefit from my product. And so I always start with saying, I would love to just donate 
X amount of product to your guests that are showing up to this wellness event. So I'll use that yoga one, for example. Um, so the first 25 guests that showed up to this yoga event on a Saturday morning were gifted goodie bags with dewdrops um, and a little dosage card of how to use it. And then, you know, I'm there to help them even sample it. Like I'll set up a sample station and say, hey, you can try it before this yoga class. Also, here's a gift for you. Um, and my, my thought process with that is, because I believe in my product so much that I know that if I'm gifting it to the right people, they're going to love it and then they're going to come back to buy mm -hmm. it or they're going to tell other people about it. And that's just going to help with brand and product awareness. Absolutely. I yeah. love that. I absolutely love that. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing that. Like that was such tactical information that someone listening can take and like immediately go implement in their business. That was so valuable, but how cool. Like if <laughs> yeah. I walked into an event and a business owner was like, Hey, like this is my product. This is my baby. Like I created this. Mm -hmm. I want to give you some <laughs> and like, let's talk about it. I'd be like, right. You're so cool. Like this is awesome. <laughs> like I love it already. I, Oh my gosh. So much respect for you. And just like your savviness in business and how you're just getting it done. And you're putting yourself out there and not mm -hmm. just like hiding behind like an Instagram account and right. hoping that that is going to be like what makes it happen for you. Oh, right. So <laughs> cool. So cool. You're like making Thank me want you. a product-based business now. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> do it. Do it. <laughs> so I want you to tell us a little bit about Kava. Like give us okay. all the tea on Kava what it is, why we need it, how to use it, because it's not mm -hmm. something I have really like heard about. I've definitely never tried it before. So mm -hmm. educate us. Yeah, absolutely. Kava is a plant. It's actually part of the pepper plant family. Um, I always like to say, you know, if you know CBD, if you use CBD oil, it's very similar to CBD, but it traditionally was used in South Polynesian culture and they would sit around and they would drink kava and they, they would make it where it was pretty much like muddy water and it just tasted like shit. Um, but it's all natural. It's a plant. And, you know, what's great about it is it's actually been clinically proven to reduce symptoms of anxiety. So, um, that's why it works so well for me and, you know, for anyone who has anxiety, but it actually, it's not like something where CBD oil, it didn't work for me because you have to be consistent with CBD oil or even like ashwagandha. It was something that you have to like mm. consistently take that then like can help you. But with kava, you get pretty much like instant relief within 15 to 20 minutes of taking it. You'll noticeably feel wow. it's a natural muscle relaxant. So you'll noticeably feel like more relaxed. It'll help ease up your tension. It's actually calming to your nervous system. So if you think about when you have anxiety or you're kind of like, you know, overwhelmed and panicky, you're kind of like in a fight or flight state and your nervous system is dysregulated. Kava will actually calm your nervous system, calm you back down. That's how it calms your anxiety. Um, but because it's also a natural muscle relaxant, it can help with sleep too. So if you take it at night and then you go you know, pop in bed, you're going to be so relaxed. It helps, it helps you fall asleep and you sleep 
like a baby. It's so good. Um, but there's many forms, like there's many ways that you can take kava. So there's that traditional way where it's muddy water. It tastes absolutely horrible, but that's probably like the strongest way to consume it. So if you want to be like that, by all means, like go for it. You can definitely, you know, prepare it that way and you can drink it at night and it's, it's super, super strong and amazing. Or you can go to kava bars. There's lots of local kava bars around where you can kind of sit there and, and they'll prepare it for you. And it's a really cool experience. Or you can take it in a capsule. You can take it in a tincture, which is what my product, Dewdrops, is. Um, so with my product, the reason why I love it so much is because I made it totally tasteless. So you don't have to worry about like chugging it with orange juice or like chasing it with anything. It's just very easy and tasteless to use. Um, and as a tincture, so you can just drop it like right under your tongue consume it that way. Again, you feel relief within 15 to 20 minutes, or you can mix it with coffee. You can mix it with your matcha, your tea, um, smoothie. You can pour it over like a yogurt bowl, anything like that. So there's definitely multiple ways you can consume it. And yeah, I think that answers all your questions. I can't remember. I think there was a third one in there I might be missing. No, that's awesome. That sounds incredible. I love that like it has the added benefit of like the muscle relaxer. That sounds mm-hmm. so cool. But so cool that yours is tasteless too, especially if like traditionally it's kind of gross. Like I love how you said you like yeah. you put it on a yogurt bowl. Like it doesn't have mm-hmm. to just like you can just kind of sprinkle it in anywhere. I love that. Oh, what a yeah. cool product. <laughs> Thank you. So we are doing a little giveaway. Um, Ariana is gifting three bottles of dew drops to mm-hmm. you listeners. Um, so same as usual, all you have to do is go to one of the clips that gets loaded up to the female CEO show Instagram this week when the episode goes live and just let us know like what you learned in this episode, what you took away from it, what was beneficial and be sure that you're following dowellness.co, right? That's mm-hmm. your Instagram yes. handle. You got it. Okay. So be sure to follow mm-hmm. dowellness.co on Instagram and you will be entered to win one of three bottles. So exciting. Um, I can't wait to try this. That sounds like such a game changer. (laughs) Okay. So last question for you, Ariana, to kind of like round this out. This has been such an awesome conversation. I love how we have been able to cover so much ground um, and how you have just been like so open and willing to just share whatever with us. I really appreciate it. So last question, what is one piece of advice that you have for female entrepreneurs. It can be anything, you know, maybe a hard lesson that you had to learn that you think maybe by sharing it, it might help others avoid making that same misstep, Hmm. whatever you got. Well, I'll give you two. I mean, the biggest learning lesson for me, um, this is just like something personally I should probably work on in all areas of my life, is communication, like over communicate, especially when you're in that process of working with a manufacturer, you know, if you're a product based business, and you're trying to, you know, formulate that product and get everything going, 
over communicate every single little detail because I had so many mess ups. My whole first purchase of inventory came in completely the wrong bottles. I had to rebuy a whole second round of inventory. So, you know, lost money on the first round to then have them mess it up again for the second time. And then the third time there was like a shipping issue, just little things like that, where it's like, it could have been prevented with just over communicating about every little, mm-hmm. every little detail. So I would say you can never communicate enough, communicate about everything um, with your vendors, your partners, things like that as you're, you know, building your business. Um, but my, my advice is be okay with starting messy and know that it will not be perfect and don't wait for it to be perfect before you start. The whole point is to just – Whatever your product is, whatever you're trying to do, bring it to market and know that not everyone's going to like it, but get that feedback. That's where you can then change and, you know, modify things from there. Or for example, like your social media, be okay to just start posting on social media and know that it's going to be messy. You might not like that post six months later, but you have to just start somewhere and then that's how you can improve. So be okay with starting messy. Be okay with not being perfect. (laughs) Ooh, that is such great advice. Both of those are really awesome advice. So many people get stuck in that. I feel like of like, I'm not quite ready. It's not quite perfect. So I can't launch it yet. And it's like, it Mm -hmm. takes time. And like you said, like you wished you would have launched your Instagram even further ahead of when you did Mm -hmm. ahead of your launch. Like it takes time to like get some traction and to like start getting followers and to get the algorithms like paying attention Mm -hmm. to you. So you just got to start putting stuff out there and then it gets buried. Like (laughs) you just have to start. That's awesome advice. Absolutely. And Google. Google will be and your Google. best friend. <laughs> and I'll throw one more in there is I know that when you are in that very beginning stage and you're like, how in the world am I supposed to do all of this? Just break it down to like little micro steps or little micro goals, whatever, however you want to say, just break it down. Don't, don't think about the big picture of like, oh my God, I have to create a product and build an online brand and create a community and and then my website and everything. Like that sounds so overwhelming. Just start with one little thing at a time and you'll get there and just keep putting like one foot in front of the other and just keep moving and it'll, it'll work. You'll get there. Oh, absolutely. I feel like that helps you like build confidence and assurance too. You're like, okay, like I'm doing this. I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm taking the yep. steps forward. Like I'm yep. seeing the results. I'm seeing the things that I'm doing. But yeah, when you're just like, this is my big vision. How the heck do I get there? You'll just, right. you'll never start. So mm-hmm. Ariana, what is, like, what is your big vision for <laughs> do wellness moving forward? Like the next like three, five years, like what are you envisioning? Yes, I am envisioning a brand this is going to be maybe two parts, but I want to be a brand that really focuses on creating a safe space and a community for people to feel seen, to feel heard around mental health. My biggest thing is normalizing mental health you know, issues and struggles. We all struggle in our own way. So I really want it to be a brand that's recognized for making a difference within the mental health community. And I want to be a brand that is sold, you know, in those big box stores. You can find me in like the supplement side of Sephora and maybe in Nordstrom and, you know, I'm just known worldwide. So I have, I have a big vision and big goals, but most importantly, it's, it's really, 
you know, around mental health, one thing that I did not mention is that my brother passed away from suicide in the same year that I decided to do this. So really, you know, we give back 1% of sales to mental health organizations. And that's like the biggest mission behind what we're doing. So I really want to create a brand that just makes people feel safe and seen and heard and understood. And if you're struggling, that you're not alone. Oh, that is so powerful, Ariana. Like what a beautiful mission to like really help fuel you and guide you and give back and like truly make a difference. Mm -hmm. Um, I am so (laughs) in awe of you, how you have built your business, how you're putting yourself out there, like the heart behind what you're doing. So much respect for you and your brand. I cannot wait to see what the future holds for you (laughs) and for do wellness. Oh, thank you so much for your time today. This was such a wonderful conversation. Thank you for your openness um, and your transparency and just like sharing as much as you did with the audience. Do not forget if you want to get a a bottle of dew drops of your own, just go to dowellness.co on Instagram, give them a follow and then comment on one of the clips from this episode on the Female CEO Show Instagram, whatever you loved about it, whatever you learned, and you will be entered to win one of three bottles. Ariana, let people know where they can find you, how they can connect with you, where they can buy dew drops, all of the things. Yes. Yes, you can find me on Instagram at dowellness.co. The website is also dowellness.co. That's where you can buy it. And feel free to DM me. I am running the Instagram. It's going to be me. So reach out to me anytime. I'm always there to chat. And that's where you can find me. Amazing, Ariana. Thank you so, so much. And thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Female CEO Show podcast. I will catch you on the next episode.